is Lori Power, Director of Evangelization and Discipleship at Christ the Redeemer Parish, and welcome to Talking Saints. I'm here with my co-host, Pete Sanchez, reporter for the Catholic Star Herald. How are you doing, Pete? I'm doing well, Lori, and I'd just like to wish my mom a happy birthday. Aww. <laughs> it is June 1st, so happy birthday to my mother, who I don't know if this is... Uh, if I'm going to be excommunicated by saying this, but I think she's a living saint. Aww. So happy birthday, Mom. We are on June 1st, and also it is a feast of who? St. Justin Martyr. Justin Martyr. Great. Great. So, um... But before we get to him, we are still celebrating the year of St. Joseph, right, Pete? We are. And it's uh, really been a, a blessing ever since Pope Francis back in December announced the year of St. Joseph to go mm-hmm. until... I believe the Feast of the Immaculate yep, December 8th. December 8th. Um, we've been learning about him. I've been trying to learn as much as I can about the saint. Um, trying to be a better uh, son, godfather, brother, worker, uh, podcast co-host, Lori, I'm <laughs> Hope. I'm doing a great job. Um, and also, uh, he's just a great saint to imitate. And I love, this is what Pope Francis said. Each of us can discover in St. Joseph, an intercessor, a man who goes unnoticed, a daily discreet and hidden presence. And St. Joseph reminds us that those who appear hidden or in the shadows can play an incomparable role in the history of salvation. A word of recognition and of gratitude is due to them all. So even maybe today, like if you know somebody like that, just say thank you. You know, mm. with that, you don't know what that can mean to them. If you know somebody who's kind of in the shadows, working humbly, uh, just putting their head down, nose to the grindstone, kind of like St. Joseph, maybe just acknowledge their work. And who knows? Who knows what a kind word can do right Lori? that's true yeah that is true can change people's day for sure yeah and just like saint joseph hopefully can change all of our years now mm. all of our year at least and then further but actually we uh, we're going to continue this podcast if you'd listen this year you know that we start with the litany of saint joseph in this year so uh can we start can we do it Lori? yes please i'm excited yes <laughs> name in the father son holy, holy spirit. spirit amen Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Christ hear us. Christ graciously hear us. God the Father of heaven. Have mercy on us. God the Son, Redeemer of the world. Have mercy on us. God the Holy Spirit. Have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God. Have mercy on us. Holy Mary. Pray for us. Saint Joseph. Pray for us. Noble offspring of David. Pray for us. Light of patriarchs. Pray for us. Spouse of the Mother of God. Pray for us. Chaste guardian of the virgin. Pray for us. Foster father of the Son of God. Pray for us. Zealous defender of Christ. Pray for us. Head of the Holy Family. Pray for us. Joseph most just. Pray for us. Joseph most chaste. Pray for us. Joseph most prudent. Pray for us. Joseph most courageous. Pray for us. Joseph most obedient. Pray for us. Joseph most faithful. Pray for us. Mirror of patience. Pray for us. Lover of poverty. Pray for us. Model of workmen. Pray for us. Glory of domestic life. Pray for us. Guardian of virgins. Pray for us. Pillar of families. Pray for us. Comfort of the afflicted. Pray for us. Hope of the sick. Pray for us. Patron of the dying. Pray for us. Terror of demons. Pray for us. Protector of the Holy Church. Pray for us. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. He has made him Lord of his household. And prince over all his possessions. Let us pray. 
O God, who in your loving providence chose blessed Joseph to be the spouse of your most holy mother, grant us the favor of having him for our intercessor in heaven, whom on earth we venerate as our protector, you who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. St. Joseph. Pray for us. Thanks, Pete. Thank you, Lori. Awesome. Okay. Now we can jump into our saint of the day. Yeah, we were just talking about he... uh, we talk about martyrs, but this guy has martyr in the name mm-hmm. because obviously he was a martyr, right? <laughs> yeah, um, but we're, we think he might be one of the few or maybe one, maybe the only that actually has martyr as part of his name when we remember him. Yeah, St. Justin Martyr, uh, born today in, uh, born 100, right? 100 yeah, years after the birth around, of Christ. Yeah, 100 AD. So uh, not, not long after... Um, when did the apostles pass away? Did they pass away in yeah, like, probably around true. this time been, or before? Yeah, maybe 20, 30 years before. Yeah. yeah. So he, he, he came from a, um, he was one of the most important of the Greek philosophers, apologists in the early Christian church, and he was a pagan, uh, reared in Jewish environment. Um, right, he was born in Palestine, I believe, right? To a Greek yes, family. Yes, and uh, he was... Um, and then after 135, so about when he was about uh, 30, a little bit after 30, he became a Christian in 132, at the age of 32. Okay. And then maybe near Ephesus, and then he began wandering from place to place and proclaiming his Christian philosophy, which we'll talk about in a bit, right. and he had the hope of converting educated pagans to it, and uh, then spent some time in Rome. And what we, I think we should talk about, can we just dive into one of his first writings, Lori? Well, why don't we talk about how he got there? So okay. he really was on an authentic search for truth. That's what he wanted. He wanted to find the truth. And that led him to study, you know, Plato, Aristotle, the other, you know, Greek thinkers. And he actually became a professional philosopher. Um, and then... Apparently one day as he was, you know, studying philosophy, he was noticed by an older man who was a Christian and he uh, came up and he he really witnessed to Justin on how Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies of the Old Testament. And he really encouraged Justin to investigate this. And if he was looking for wisdom and if he was looking for truth, this man told him, you will find the truth in Christ. Um, and as you said, he did ultimately arrive at that, that moment where he, he did the research himself. He looked into Christ. He looked into the, to the Old Testament and found that Jesus was the wisdom, the, the truth that he was looking for. Yeah, I think baptized around the age of 30. Okay. So as an adult. Um, and when the old man, one of the things that the, that's written, old man told him, above all things, pray that the gates of life may be opened to you. Mm. For these are things not to be discerned unless God and Christ grant to a man the knowledge of them. And uh, it was a life-changing encounter. And uh, and then that is when he, he uh, went around and he had to set his writing and became very influential right. in his first... He wanted to then become a Christian teacher. Though he yeah. remained a philosopher, he wanted to be able to engage people at that level, as you said, to, you know, witness to those who were highly educated. And you saw what was happening around him with the persecutions. Mm. And there were a lot of them, the first were major apology. And in this term, apology means defense of the faith, faith right. right? 
and uh, it was addressed about 150, so almost 20 years after he became a Christian. He wrote this to the Roman emperors Antoninus Pius and Marcus Aurelius, and not only in, in, the, in this first apology, he defended his fellow Christians against the charges of atheism. Lori, you explained this to me <laughs> earlier, so... In yes. the early church, so atheism strange. meant what? Yeah. yeah, that seemed so strange to me. They're calling the Christians atheists, basically because they did not worship all of the gods that those around them worship. So the, the Roman gods in particular, he was in Rome at this time. So the Christians were called atheists because they refused to worship these other gods. But he, of course, in his apology, addressed that. We, I guess he said, if you want to call us atheists because we don't worship those gods, okay, that would be accurate. But we do worship the one true God, the father of righteousness, um, and his son. So he did explain, was trying to explain to them, yeah, we don't want to worship these gods because, I, I don't know if you're going to mention this, Pete, prior to that, he says, because these gods are actually demons. The the pagan gods whom you're worshiping are not the true God. They're, he would even make, he went to, so far as to say they were demons that they were worshiping. Yeah, yeah. No, so he wasn't very popular, I imagine, with those who were <laughs> no, no, <laughs> worshiping the, um... these gods. I think he also talked about the, uh, he talked about that, the um, the charges of atheism. He defended fellow Christians, and uh, but also he talked a bit about the Logos, which is, uh, it's uh, means, it's Greek for intellect, word, and really Logos helps us understand everything, the world, the creation, freedom, and basically what what Justin Martyr argued is that Jesus was the Logos, mm. the incarnation of all these truths, these divine truths that we believe. And thus, uh, and he was, um, yeah, it's, and that he was the one that we should follow. Right. So yes. he was searching for wisdom and he was arguing here that Jesus Christ was, is wisdom incarnate. Mm -hmm. and the one that we can find truth. He is truth itself exactly so, and then he uh and laurie this is fascinating uh i'll let you talk about this because you have it so eloquently there um you explained it about the third part of the first apology he talks about sunday ritual, right so right? how so, he would just he described how christians worshiped at that time so we have to remember this was around what 130 a.d um and this is what he describes the memoirs of the apostles and the writings of the prophets are read when the reader has finished, he who presides over those gathered admonishes and challenges them to imitate those beautiful things. Then we all rise together and offer prayers for ourselves and for all others, wherever they may be. Then someone brings bread and a cup of water and wine mixed together to him who presides over the brethren. He takes them and offers praise and glory to the father of the universe through the name of the son and the Holy Spirit. When he has concluded the prayers and thanksgiving, all present give voice to an acclamation by saying, Amen. When he who presides has given thanks and the people have all responded, those whom we call deacons give to those present the Eucharisted bread, wine, and water and take them to those who are absent. So Pete, anybody reading this today who has ever been to a Catholic Mass would say, oh, this sounds very much like what happens at Mass. Exactly. And it was happening uh, in the second century AD yeah. after Christ. So I know many people who have read this um, and has led to conversion to the Catholic Church because they see, oh, the worship really has not changed. I mean, obviously, maybe the... the 
things that go along with our worship would be very different, but the basis of liturgy has stayed the same. We read the what the apostles have written, the prophets, and then the person presiding um, shares a, a homily of sorts, and he describes that, that we're challenged to imitate the beautiful things we've just heard, and then they pray and offer thanksgiving through bread and wine. So yeah. he, I think he even went on to say that this wasn't just bread and wine, it is um, Jesus. So he understood that even, you know, that it was truly, excuse me, truly became Jesus. Yeah. And that is something that it's remarkable. The first time I saw this, it's remarkable that we can have that history. We can still 2000 some, you know, almost 2000 years later, mm. just understand this. And, uh, it, it's, it's incredible. And one of the things too, he's also not only a witness to that the ritual, but they say that he, um, was one of them who he he paraphrased the uh, the letters of Paul and Peter, mm. and he uh, was the first known writer to quote from the Acts of the Apostles. Oh, wow. So he um, not only his own writing, but he he uh, you sort can of find preserved it in, and he exactly yeah, he passed it's, on. It's a beautiful record of and to know that he was inspired by Acts of the Apostles and Paul mm. and Peter, just like some of us are today. It's incredible. Right, because he would have known people who may have actually known them. <laughs> yeah. So he was in living memory of the apostles themselves. Yeah. So. They're just that further line. I love mm-hmm. it. Like, there's that direct... We can go to Justin and realize he had that line of... Uh, of um, I don't want to say succession, but he, he, he knew some people who knew them. Right, so, exactly. Um, and then also there was a dialogue with Trifo uh, where he's talking to a Jewish man, Trifo, and he says, he mentions that Jesus, this is what Justin mentions to him, Jesus is both the, the Messiah announced by the Old Testament prophets and what we talked about before, the pre-existing logos mm. through which God revealed himself in the scriptures. And so he's still very influential um, today in That's a true. lot of different thought. And uh, Yeah, he's considered one of the fathers of the church. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, what sure. when you say Father of the Church, Lord, what does that mean exactly? So I guess someone who's teaching, he was right there with those, as we could say, in living memory of the apostles and um, contributed to what we understand about the church, about the faith. So, and I believe he's also in the office of readings. I remember I didn't get to go and look it up, but on his feast day, we can read some of his writings. So those who pray, um, the divine office the liturgy of the hours will on this day be reading uh some of the writings of justin martyr Hmm. so let's talk about his death sadly he did not live to an old age and we as (laughs) um but he was out there proclaiming christ and he was arrested i think with some he was in rome and was arrested with some of his students and he was ordered to sacrifice to the the gods the roman gods and he, rather than deny his faith, he more publicly professed it. He openly said he was a Christian. And he said, no right-minded man forsakes truth for falsehood. So he mm. was not going to go back <laughs> on mm. what he came to know to be true. Yeah. And yeah, so ultimately he was beheaded um, with the six others who also remained steadfast to their faith and became martyrs with him. Do we have their names? Do I don't know? know that we do. That's interesting. Well, maybe they should have the martyr title, too. Uh, yes, I don't know if we knew them. Certainly. We knew them. Um, 
And uh, he's really been regarded as a saint since very early, mm. I believe, right? Yes. Well, the martyrs, typically, they would recognize. They, they probably went straight to heaven, right? <laughs> yeah. That was well, usually one of the ways that it made it easy to, to determine whether they were saints or not. And he would be a, a red martyr? Is that mm-hmm. how the red martyr? Yeah. And the, there's, what is the white martyr? There's, there's different classifications. So white would be not someone who was necessarily killed, but um, you know, in their day-to-day life suffered for Christ. <laughs> like we all can be white martyrs as well today, Pete. Mm. Just in our daily, accepting the daily struggle and the daily sufferings. Yeah. So. That's, uh, I, I just find it, um, his life is one and it's just, uh, one of the things, uh, I just want to mention this too, Lori. Sure. Another thing he said when he was persecuted said, there's nothing which we more earnestly desire than to endure torments for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, it can, you know, people, you know, we're going through torments uh, sometimes daily with uh, different things going on in our lives. If it's an illness or uh, issues with family or a coworker or just the little things that we think are torments. Um, I remember my, my uncle would always say, offer it up. Mm. You know, whatever is going on, whatever thing you're dealing with, offer it up. Yes. And for the glory of the Lord. And uh, it's not easy to do, but I think Justin Martyr is a perfect example of this. And he's got Martyr in the name, so That's he's right. got to be good, right? <laughs> so That's for sure. It's, um, so do, do, uh, w- any other closing thoughts, Lori? Um, well, we can see in that, um, older man who came to Justin to tell him to seek truth in Jesus. Um, someone who, I mean, what if that man had never, did, never stepped up, never spoke to him, never shared that? We might not have a St. Justin martyr today. So exactly. it's a, you know, reminder that we need to share truth with those that God brings in our path. Beautiful. That's, I, I, I can't add anything more to that beautiful sentiment. You're, you're right. So shall we ask St. Justin Martyr to pray for us? I think we should. Prayer. Great. Yeah. Oh God, who through the folly of the cross wondrously taught St. Justin Martyr the surpassing knowledge of Jesus Christ, grant us through his intercession that having rejected deception and error, we may become steadfast in the faith. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. St. Justin Martyr. Pray for us.